guys. I absolutely love this episode. Guys and girls, I should say, Jerry Potter is the creator of 5-Minute Social Media, and we dive deep here. We talk all about how focusing on one platform can be so much more powerful than focusing on multiple platforms, how to have the biggest impact with your Facebook business page, how Jerry built his business, how he got his YouTube page to 50,000 subscribers. If you want to start a YouTube page, how to do that. And most of all, just simplifying social media. I had so much fun in this conversation. Jerry is so incredible. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Jerry Potter. Actually, one thing I want to add before you start listening, there is a couple things with the audio here. There's some clicking in the audio. I think it's on my end. I promise my next purchase is going to be a proper mic for recording, Uh, but please apologize the clicking and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the InstaFame podcast. My name is Ella May and I'll be your host. I am an Instagram strategist, success coach, and the creator of the InstaFame formula. I am obsessed with helping aspiring entrepreneurs and established brands learn exactly what to do to grow their Instagram account and turn it into a money-making machine. I absolutely love helping you up-level your life, your business, your marketing, and helping you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that you want using Instagram. It is my duty and obsession to give the tools, the resources, strategies, and teachings to help you get the success and lifestyle you're looking for. In this podcast, you're going to hear lots about Instagram and how to use it to its full potential, business building strategies, and how to create a life you absolutely love. Consider this podcast your daily dose of success strategies to maximize your impact, your influence, and your development. I'm going to make sure you not only know how to get the most out of Instagram, but also that you're making an income from it. Because let's face it, if you're putting time, money, and effort into something, you should be getting a rate of return on it. If you're ready to get your ass kicked to the next level when it comes to killing it in your business and on Instagram, you've come to the right place. Want to make sure you don't miss anything? Be sure to hit the subscribe button. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now let's begin. All right, welcome to the InstaFame podcast. I am super excited for today's guest. We originally were introduced because we were trainers on the same, what would it be like an online training system, online webinar? Yeah, master, uh, multi-week masterclass. The multi-week masterclass, exactly. So I'm here with Jerry Potter. Jerry is the creator of 5-Minute Social Media, and we're going to be talking all about making social media very simple, as well as some nuggets from his story that I think you'll get a lot of value from. So Jerry, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, the first time we talked, I was like, well, she's fun. So when you asked me to <laughs> join the podcast, I said, yeah, let's do this. I love it. So okay, tell us a little bit about what, like, what is 5-Minute Social Media and how did you come up with this idea and this business? Well, the, you know, it was about two and a half years ago and I was working at an agency and uh, on a lot of different things, but social media has, you know, been my passion. I can't say always because it didn't exist when I was a kid, but, you know, social media has been my passion for well over a decade. And I had friends saying, you know, hey, can you help me with my business? And finally, one of them said, you should start a blog. And wasn't really a, you know, I didn't want to write a bunch of blog posts and screenshots, but I'd always wanted to kind of explore YouTube. And so I thought, well, I'll start a YouTube channel. And there are obviously lots of YouTube channels about social media. And another one of my hobbies and passions is uh, that I'm an efficiency nerd. Um, To give you an example, when my wife and I go on road trips, if she's just staring out the window in the passenger seat, I'm like, why are you wasting this time? You could be working or watching a movie or something. And she's like, sometimes you just have to look out the window. And I say, well, why don't you drive then? (laughs) <laughs> and I, you can look out the front window. And, uh, you know, so it, it, we both hate driving. So it's this ongoing thing. But to me, I'm always trying to, you know, make the boat most of every minute of my life. And so uh, I thought, well, why not focus on efficiency in social media and focusing on the 80% of tasks that are the 20% of tasks 
that bring 80% of the results, right? The 80-20 principle. So that's where five-minute social media came from. It wasn't a specific decision. I didn't debate between five-minute and 10-minute and seven-minute. It was honestly the domain that was available was five-minute social media. And so uh, I went with it. And that was about it. And uh, two and a half years later now, we're I'm on the verge of 50,000 subscribers. And I can't wow. believe that I get to do this now. It's really fun. That's incredible. Okay, so tell us about the concept of five minute social media. Like, how do you, what are the 20% of tasks that you focus on in order to get the 80% of results? Well, it's, it's really about, well, to, to back up for a second, kind of when I started the channel and I looked at some of the other content that was out there, most of the marketing content and the social media marketing content that was out there was sort of just the best case scenario. Like, mm. here's how to run a, you know, Facebook ad campaign with seven different ad sets and 35 different tests and ads and, you know, all these different things. Mm. And I thought, well, geez, you know, business owners don't have time for all of that. Or it was like, okay, you should post 21 times a week on Facebook and seven times a day on Instagram. And, and, uh, you know, I noticed this gap in between what I felt like people wanted and needed versus what was out there. And so as I was sort of, uh, running things for a lot of different clients through the agency, efficiency was important. Now, you know, certainly we had some clients that were paying well, but I couldn't spend, you know, eight hours a day on one client. It had to kind of be broken down. And so I really uh, drilled down on, you know, what the efficiency could be. So the biggest one for, you know, small business owners is getting away from this idea that, oh, you've got to be on as many social media networks as possible because they're all free, right? Why wouldn't you be there? It's free. And uh, the analogy I used to come, come uh, recently came up with was, you know, if you spend an hour browsing Twitter every day, maybe it'll bring you some business, but it's not likely. That's the same as spending an hour browsing at the grocery store. Maybe you'll run into somebody who will need some help with whatever you offer, but it's not regularly bringing you business. And so um, I really tell people you got to focus down, pick what your primary network or networks are going to be. And in fact, for a lot of the people that I've worked with, I say, just pick one, because you are going to be so much more powerful as one of the best in your industry, in your market or your niche or whatever it might be, as being like one of the best on Instagram, for example, rather than being mediocre on Facebook, Instagram, you know, Snapchat and LinkedIn, just for the sake of it. That's so interesting. I, I I like that advice. So, but do you find, okay, so if somebody, cause like most of the entrepreneurs I talk to have usually something on Facebook, whether it's a group or a page, whatever, right? Yeah. Something they, their Instagram links to basically. They yep. have their Instagram and then they have, usually they have LinkedIn. So, and, and those tend to be the main ones. Some, like some people, their other main one is Pinterest or whatever. For me, like personally, like Twitter, Snapchat, like I give them no attention. Yeah. So it's just not really my, it's not really my playground. I don't do amazing on them. I'm okay with that. So, yeah. so let's say someone is like Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Would you like, do you recommend keeping the profiles current or like you're saying really just zone in on one? So when I first started talking about this a while back, I used to kind of be very, you know, passive about it. I'm like, so you could just be on one if you want, and, you know, and that's cool. And, and once I started like seeing it work, now I'm like, no, just be on one and Ooh. watch what happens. And, and here's why, because like I said, when you are the best on one network, if you're the best real estate agent on Instagram in San Francisco or, you know, Edinburgh or wherever you might be, you're going to be so much more powerful and you're going to grow so much faster than if you're just one of a bunch of them that are on Instagram, not standing out. And uh, so what I recommend is if for somebody, like let's say you already have multiple networks, like you said, is go through and you can either delete it or you can strip it of your branding or you can put something up that basically shows that, hey, I'm still in business because I've done a lot of audits for people and you come across a Twitter account from, you know, 2011 and it's like, is this company even still in business? Like, that's not the impression you want to give. So if you go to my Twitter account, there's a thing pinned at the top and it says, hey, you know, if you love Twitter, awesome, tweet me, I'll get notified, but I spend more time on Instagram, follow me over here. 
So I've sort of stripped it down to that. The other piece that I think is key is if you're going to have those other platforms because you like them, like if somebody, you know, I, I spoke at a conference a couple months ago and kind of talked about this and this woman came up and she said, I agree with what you're saying, but I'm not giving up my Twitter. And I was like, <laughs> that's fine. Don't give up your Twitter. Just don't count it as work time. You know, a lot of it is, oh, it comes okay. down to when people are saying, you know, you are, um, uh, you know, I just, there's just no time at all. And then it's like, oh, but you spend 45 minutes chatting on Twitter every day and counting that as work time. If that's your play time, if that's instead of Netflix or whatever, you know, I think that's great. Um, I, but I, I get what you're saying and what some of your clients are saying where it's like, I got to have another place and another, you know, platform. And I think that's all fine. But when it comes to simplifying, um, you know, I have this uh, piece about cutting your social media workload in half. It's about figuring out what is actually leading to revenue in your business regularly. Mm -hmm. There's no way that, you know, I mean, what would you, I know you said you're not on Twitter, but you know, the average tweet lasts, you know, a handful of minutes before it'll never be seen again. So you've got to tweet, what, seven to 15 times a day on Twitter, okay. um, or let's call it 10 times a day. I'm going to craft 3,660 tweets this year because it's a leap year because you got one piece of business from Twitter last year. It's not worth it. Yeah, totally. And actually, now that you say that, because I, like, I know I'm most active in the Instafame Tribe Facebook group, Instagram, and uh, LinkedIn. But yeah. actually, now that you say that, it's super interesting because Instagram is definitely the main source of where I start conversations. And with the Facebook group, that was actually originally created to have a place to bring people from Instagram who wanted to be in a community of like-minded people who want to learn about, you know, about Instagram, how to grow it, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, this is an easy thing I can create to actually bring people over there. Plus then I'm able to have a bit more of an intimate conversation with them. And yeah. every so often with LinkedIn, I noticed like people kind of go there just to see if my business is real. Type right. And they'll be like, oh, okay, she's legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we just saw this Instagram. It's just, uh, like, I have the three going, but I by far give the most attention to Instagram. And now that I think about it, the other two are almost like support systems. For how that. long, yeah. How long were you on Instagram or how big were you on Instagram before you added the Facebook group? I, oh gosh. I was, okay, on Instagram, like, like you know, posting with a purpose type thing about two years. I'd had yeah. the account longer than that. And I was at 30,000 followers. Okay, right. So yeah. you were already one of the best in Instagram when you added another element. And I don't, you know, and, and $30,000 is like, or 30,000 followers is, is like really one of the best. But my, the main thing that I coach is, it's like, get good, get engagement, start mm. driving revenue, and then scale it all before you go to another one because you're going to grow your business faster that way than, I mean, and it, sometimes it comes down to math. You know, you go, okay, I've got five hours a week to spend on social media. Well, you're going to do better spending five hours on Instagram yeah. than two and a half on Instagram and two and a half on Facebook because it's just going to get watered down. I 100% agree. Okay, so my next question, what's your platform of choice? Is it Instagram? Um, so personally, Instagram is my favorite platform. Um, I love that it's not full of uh, politics. Uh, I'm sure there are people you can follow where you can be full of politics, but it's, it's uh, you know, I love that it's visual. I love, and I love the way it's evolved. I love Instagram stories. Mm. In fact, you know, I was using Snapchat more before Instagram had stories. And as soon as Instagram brought stories on, I was like, yes, <laughs> everyone else was like, they stole it. And I was like, no, yes, it's here now. <laughs> um, you know, there are days that I wish everything would just go away except Instagram, but um, Instagram is personally my favorite. I obviously started building my business on YouTube. And mm. then the next piece similar to you was I want a place for people to gather and be able to have conversations. And so then I started a Facebook group. And so that was kind of the secondary one. And I'm honestly just now really in, in 2020, putting more effort into growing my Facebook business page. It's grown, it's there. Uh, but it hasn't been a, a major priority because I'm trying to, you know, follow my own advice. And, you know, sometimes people say, well, you're a social media, you know, person, you're supposed to be everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, but the same theory would apply. I wouldn't be as good at like, you know, I focus on Facebook and Instagram because they're my favorites, but that also because that's where I, I spend my time. I will say this though. Um, another thing where you were talking about uh, LinkedIn, for example, sort of being your resume or your credibility. Mm -hmm. If, you know, for your people that have an Instagram account and an Instagram audience, and then they also have a Facebook business page. One thing that I have a lot of people do is, you know, because the average reach of a Facebook business page is about 1%. Mm. 
Oh, they're so tiny. Yeah. Yeah. And that was actually the full, a full year study from 2018. So who knows? It may be less now. Right. And so what I often recommend, I think most businesses, 99% of businesses should probably have a Facebook business page, but mm. you don't have to post. Ask people for reviews and recommendations. I think that is the superpower going forward on Facebook. Because like you said, somebody checks you out on LinkedIn. Is she legit? You know, whatever it might be. And if I go to somebody's Facebook business page and they have 35 recommendations and, you know, passionate comments and no posts, I'm going to go, wow, I want to work with them. And it's especially true because if, you know, if you recommend a business to me, Mm-hmm. Let's say on Facebook, you've, you, you, if you're on enough, you've seen those looking for recommendations posts on Facebook. Totally, Let's say you yeah, recommend yeah. somebody and I click on it and I go there and it's got 35 recommendations and they're almost all positive, then I'm in. You know, my friend Ella recommended you and you have all these recommendations. I am ready to hire you. So I think that's really the power of Facebook business pages. But if you're going to post, it's, you're going to have to have time or money or both to really reach people. That's so smart in terms of the recommendations. That's something I'm going to start doing because I never really thought about that, but obviously it's super powerful. And I don't think I've ever even seen a page with like 10 good recommendations. (laughs) So if I saw one with 30, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like this is incredible. This person has a superpower. And as I'm focusing more on my page uh, this year, that's one of my things. I, you know, you said 10, I might have 10. I've never, I've never worked on it. Um, But that's one thing that I want to grow. And because you have people in your Facebook group already, they're already there. It's, you know, easy to kind of go in, hey, would you mind, uh, you know, leaving me a recommendation? Yeah, that's so smart. Okay. I have, a, I have a question. Obviously, there's always going to be up and coming social media apps, right? <clears throat> the one that's been making the most waves lately is TikTok. Yes. Um, what do you think about TikTok? Tell me your thoughts on the platform. The first time I opened TikTok, I, I think it was about 1045 at night. And I think I was browsing something that it came up and I was like, oh, let me go see what this is about. And this is a while ago now. And I literally was on the verge of going to sleep and I opened it and I didn't close it for an hour. TikTok Vortex. I just, <laughs> one of my friends, I just recommended it to him. And he's yeah. like, dude, I went on that app last night and I couldn't, I looked up and it had been two hours. I'm like, the TikTok Vortex happens to everybody. <laughs> yes. And it, it is, it is fun. It is useless in a good way, mm. you know, and, uh, you know, but it was one of those things for me personally, I like to spend any free time that I have, you know, I have, uh, uh, you know, two tiny superheroes here at home as I refer to them in my YouTube videos. And, you know, any free time I have, I'm trying to listen to podcasts or audiobooks or, you know, to improve myself or my business. And so the mindless entertainment is, is not something I have a lot of time for. But I was like, this is so fun. No wonder this thing's exploding. As far as businesses go, you know, it is the darling right now. I remember when Snapchat was at this phase. And for the most part, you know, three years later, Snapchat's not part of most marketing conversations. So it could go either way. But I did a, I did a series about, you know, the, the three things working in social media right now going into 2020. And one of, you know, you can't talk about 2020 without TikTok. But I also believe that a year from now, as a business, you could jump on TikTok next January, and you'd still be ahead of the curve. Um, but they are adding more um, platforms for uh, more tools for advertisers and things this year. It's also like to advertise, it's really expensive. And I've also had some conversations because I have not spent a lot of time creating on it, but I've had conversations with people and, and they say, yeah, I had this one video and it didn't do anything. And then another one got 10,000 views and another one got 17 and I have no idea why, you know? So there's no, if we're talking about being smart and efficient, there's no data yet to sort of, you know, optimize the way you would, you know, set up an Instagram strategy to make sure it got in front of the right people with location tags and hashtags and, you know, time of day to post like that doesn't exist right now. It's just the wild west. So, um, but it'll be fun to watch and see. I don't think it's going to be, it's not going to replace something. You know, when IGTV came out, people were like, oh, YouTube's dead. <laughs> and it's like, no, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's not. not dead. It's just, a, it's another thing and that's okay. So, um, but I think it'll be fun to watch. I would, I'm not telling anybody like, oh, you got to get on TikTok uh, right now. You know, if you're Delta Airlines or McDonald's, yeah, you should be playing around on there because you're a multinational corporation, but not if you're, you know, a solopreneur or a small business. Yeah, it's super interesting. Like I made an account on there just to like have some presence, right? And I go in there probably like once every four days or something. 
But to be honest, I'm growing at probably an average of five, 10 followers a day. Like the organic <laughs> reach is just insane because they're doing what Instagram was doing like three years ago, which is like, you want to use our platform? We'll show you to as many people as possible. Yeah. And be, yeah. And kind of the same way I, I, I dug into Instagram, TikTok got me really curious. So I dug into it a bit and I found out actually the number one thing that boosts your exposure on TikTok. It's not likes, it's not comments, it's replays. It's if uh. somebody watches your video, which I was like, oh, that's pretty smart. Cause obviously, you know, I could go into your TikTok account and like, and comment on like, it's not necessarily you. But generally, if you're scrolling and you're stuck on a video and you watch it over, that's going to boost that video's visibility more than anything. And I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. Well, it's kind of the, you know, the ultimate. I mean, when we talk about Facebook and Instagram algorithms and, you know, how much weight something carries, you know, a like means this and, and then obviously a comment means more and then a share is super powerful because it's somebody saying, not only do I like this, but I want everybody that follows me to see it too. Mm -hmm. But a, a replay is almost more powerful than that. Like, so good, I watched it twice or three times. You know, and I, I remember that time I scrolled through for an hour. I'm sure there were some I watched nine times in a row. So Totally. Totally. Okay, interesting. Okay, so let's say, I mean, you probably have clients like this, but let's say you bring on a client and it's pretty obvious Instagram should be their main hub. And, you know, they have the other things going there for support or whatever. So... If someone was like, like Instagram's their main hub, what are the, what are the key things that you recommend, you recommend for them in terms of activity posting, like essentially what do you recommend they do? And what was the other part to this question? I had the other part. We'll start with that. It'll come back okay. to me. But yeah, what, <laughs> what do you recommend they start with, invest their time in, make it simpler? The big, and I'm sure you've run into this too, the big thing that always catches people off guard with Instagram is if you want to grow Instagram, you have to put in the time and you have mm. to outwardly engage. And exactly. you know, a, a lot of times people will come to me and they're like, I've been doing what the gurus say. I post three times a day and I use 30 hashtags and you know, and my account's not growing, you know, and, and, and I'll say, well, are you talking to anybody? Well, I mean, when, when they comment, I favorite their, their comment, you know, Okay, are you talking on anybody else's content? Well, no, I'm, I'm a little busy. Well, then Instagram's probably not your platform, you know? Mm. Um, and uh, so for some people, it's even if they believe it's their platform, sometimes it's helping people realize it's not. There are a lot of uh, people that are, you know, let's take a, um, a real estate agent, for example. A real estate agent who loves Instagram, I think that's an awesome platform for them. But a real estate agent who is looking to get social media off their plate is a terrible platform for them because you oh, have to be invested, you know? It, I mean, you, you, I'm, I, I don't know exactly, you know, your teaching um, or your strategies, Ella, but I'm sure part of it is you got to go and start conversations and build engagement. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming you didn't get to that 30,000 mark or wherever you are now by just using hashtags and nothing else and, you know, sitting back and, and watching. Instagram of all of, I think, the social media platforms is the one that requires the most social. And so, um, you know, the media is posting, the social is the, you know, the conversations, obviously. So, um, but that's, you know, what I tell people is, is uh, I, I usually say pick two out of the three um, things that Instagram offers, you know, feed, stories, and IGTV mm -hmm. uh, to start at least. Um, I, I almost want to say just pick one. Uh, but obviously the uh, the feed is an easy place to start and stories is an easy place to start. And then the other piece that I do though is I really try and have a conversation about how is this going to bring you business? Um, because it's not enough anymore just to necessarily be there. So for example, if you get business after you've had some conversations with people, then I might say stories is a great way to go because you get people immediately, like every time somebody replies, they're in your DMs right? Mm. That's powerful. Totally. You know? it's and uh, the great thing about stories too, is that, you know, if somebody, you post a really compelling story or with a question or, you know, whatever it might be, and five different people DM you a, a, the same question, you can start a conversation with each one of them, as opposed to in the comments, you, they ask a question, you answer it once like, wow, where'd you get those jeans? And you're like, oh, I got them at, you know, Target and or whatever. And then it's, over, right? But this was what was kind of neat with Snapchat for a while is, is you get to develop these relationships with each person. You could obviously look at it as, oh, then I got to talk to five people. But if that's your attitude, then 
Instagram is not your platform. So not your place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That it, totally. That was probably the most surprising thing. Cause when I first decided to grow my following, I like hold up in my apartment for a whole weekend, sifted through like 200 YouTube videos and did all the things they told me wow. to do. I posted three times a day. I put, you know, the hashtags, I gave my page a theme. So I primarily talked about fitness. I made my grid, you know, pretty and kind of similar. And like, if anything, I lost followers. And that's when I was like, okay, there's so much garbage <laughs> out there when it comes to growing your Instagram. Like I want to sift through and figure out what actually works. And what I learned about growth, like the most surprising thing is that posting gets you in front of your followers. It, it doesn't get you new ones, except in a few cases where maybe your post goes by, goes, gets on the explore page or something like that. Right. But what gets you new ones is getting onto other people's feeds. Like you have to be, you have to be in there and on it. And what I tell like some of my clients when they come to me and they're like, Hey, I know, you know, I know this will work for me. I want to learn it. Um, but let's say they don't have a content team or they can't put out five posts a week. I'm like, honestly, give posting a break. That's cool. Go interact. Like you have a filled out page. It looks good. It represents you well. Go interact for a week and see what happens. And it's just when you use it properly, it can be so, so powerful that way. I know um, you offer, um, you know, profile yeah. audits for people sometimes, you know, and yeah. I just thought, uh, I don't need Ella to go to my profile because she'll be like, <laughs> maybe you should post this month. Maybe that's a good starting place for you, you know? Because um, I, it, like I said, it's my favorite platform, but it's all fun at this point. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, you got to be strategic. And what you said reminded me of something else that, um, that people find helpful is, you know, a few years ago, a friend of mine, Lindsay, came to me and she said, I feel like I'm doing all the right things. And it reminds me of what you just said, where you're like, I watched 48 hours of YouTube and I did all the things that everybody said. And, mm. and you know, what I found is sometimes you are, you know, I, I went back to Lindsay and I said, okay, so good news, bad news. What do you want to hear? And she said, well, tell me the good news. I said, well, you're doing all the right things. What's the bad news? Well, you're doing a bunch of the wrong things too, and it's hurting the right things. And mm. you know, some of them are more complex, but some of them is it's as simple as you're trying to post 21 times a week with the perfect post instead of spending half that time engaging with people, for example. Mm. Um, you know, or you're uh, posting 21 times a week. And granted, a few years back it was a little different, but you know, anybody who's posting 21 times a week on a new account, you're People, you're going to fall out of people's feeds instantly because nobody has time to consume that much of your content. And so, um, but it is, it is a matter of not only getting, you know, the right things, but making sure that you're not doing so many of them that it's, you know, that it's hurting. Yeah, absolutely. That's, it, it's an interest, it's an interesting balance because I find, especially now that we've kind of like, you can't fool your audiences for very long. If you have this super pretty grid on Instagram that only shows like, you know, the perfect parts of your life, people are going to get bored of that pretty quick. And so I find now, like I really, when I get that A-type personality client who's like, oh no, 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 it needs to be all coordinated and all perfect. I'm like, oh, because they don't realize that this is actually hurting their reach quite a bit because their followers are seeing very, very similar photos every time they post, which means they have that much more of a chance, like scrolling right past it. So on that note, do you have any sort of recommendations for your clients when, or for your uh, membership group when it comes to um, aesthetic grid? Like, do you recommend they stick with certain brand colors or like, how do you recommend they show themselves on Instagram? I recommend that they're authentic mm. and that's honestly about the end of it. And I know that, you know, when you were talking about spending the time getting your grid right and you know all those things i was going to say oh what's oh. your signature filter you know <laughs> and uh and it was such a thing but you know in 2020 we are bombarded with over 9000 advertising messages or brand messages a day 9000 just you know imagine your day so that's you know more than one a second right is what 3600 seconds in a in a day so you're just it's stuff everywhere. And so you've got to stand out. And so if, if you're too perfect, uh, you're, you know, too polished, or like you said, all your pictures look exactly the same, you're not going to stand out. I was at the uh, post office yesterday, and they had this um, flyer up. And I, for some reason, it caught my eye as I, I walked out the door and I was outside and I went, what was that? And I couldn't even remember what it said. And I walked back in and it said, third annual worst art gallery show. <laughs> and I thought, 
that's why that caught my attention because it was different. You know, if it yeah. said gallery show, fine art show, I, I wouldn't have noticed. And, but the fact that I didn't even register what it was until I was outside and I went back in and I immediately took a picture, sent it to seven people. Uh, I, I crafted it into an email, to, you know, for my list about, you know, standing out and how important it is. But it's, if you are going to be just like everybody else, and especially, you know, as you know, Instagram just went down this path where it was all, you know, flat lays and, and, you know, smooth filters and it doesn't stand out anymore. You have to, you have to stand out. Another big thing that I do tell people, and this is about all images um, with people in my membership, not just on uh, Instagram, is the ones that are working are the ones that look like a friend or family member posted them. Um, I have these, I, I did a, a professional branding shoot year before last and I've got these beautiful photos and I love them to death. And, and when I look at them, they make me feel good about myself. You know, my hair looks good. And I'm like, wow, look at that. That's so cool. But the ones that work are the ones where I'm, you know, it's cold and it's winter and I'm, you know, in a beanie and, <laughs> or, you know, whatever else it might be. I haven't shaved in a couple of days. You still have to have good photos. They need to be well lit, but I'm always shocked when an ad catches my eye because I sort of, we all have this internal thing where we just speed up when we know it's an ad. Yeah. And if it doesn't look like an ad, then I'm like, oh, you know, that's when I'll usually take a screenshot. Like, hey, these people are doing a good job. Yeah, yeah. I always recommend people page. I'm like, pay attention to how you use Instagram. Like, for example, you were like, oh, if you were to audit my account, you'd be like, post more often. And I'm like, I probably wouldn't because how I use Instagram. <laughs> no, but just like, just like, it might be my own like laziness, right? Cause how I use Instagram as a user, I never go to, and think about, you know, anybody listening to this, when you go to Instagram, how often do you go to somebody's account and look at the date of their last post? Like it's almost, it's actually quite kind of hard to find. Like they don't advertise that. So it's like, I look at your account and I'm kind of like, oh, cool. This looks good. Like awesome. Right. So I find with like, um, you want to pay attention to how you use Instagram. And a lot of the time, the things that, you know, like you're saying, the things that catch our eye, the things that make us stop for a second and read a post or whatever is the fact that it's like, it, it could be like kind of a crappy selfie, but it's conveying a lot of emotion because this woman's holding her granddaughter or something like that. And that's what we resonate with. Um, I have a question for you just because I find I run into this quite a bit where I have people that are like, well, I really like picture quotes and some picture quotes for some reason do convert really high. Yeah. But I know across the board that pictures of you or you with other humans will always do better than pictures of an object, a landscape, of words, whatever. Do you recommend any sort of like, do you have clients that struggle with that? Do you recommend any sort of a balance with that? Um, I don't have anybody right now that I'm working with that I know of that is uh, is doing quotes. Um, I, I played with quotes for a while. Obviously, that is a is a you know area that hit saturation a couple of years ago. That being said, I think there is a resurgence coming as people are discovering how easy it is to share from the feed to Instagram stories mm. because people seem to love sharing. Um, quotes to Instagram stories. And that was something that we just never had with the feed. I mean, you could use a repost app, which technically would right. is, you know, stealing somebody's image and breaking the law, but <laughs> it was sort of understood that that was, oh yeah, it's okay. It's fine. It's cool. Yeah. I gave them credit, um, you know. Um, but now you can, you know, legally share anybody's feed post to a story. And mm. when you think about the feed posts that people share to stories, which they're not doing much yet, at least not that I've seen, the quotes are the ones that f actually fit really well there. You know, it's totally. a good piece of content because it's just a quick thing. It's inspirational, you know, and uh, off you go. But as far as quotes in general, I think it, it's, you know, it's a, it's a brand to brand, a person to person thing. Some people's audiences love them and, you know, some people would like to never see them again. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I want to talk to you a little bit about your expertise now. Um, I mean, your expertise, obviously, Instagram, Facebook, but like kind of where you started, which is YouTube. So I know nothing about YouTube. Like I have like five, five subscribers and like four videos <laughs> that go up there every so often. Like it's just not a focus. So if someone right now is wanting to build, let's say they're wanting to build their following probably on Instagram, if you're listening to this, but also want a YouTube presence, what would you say are the starting points for that? Well, the, for me, I spent, so I, I launched my channel in August and I spent, 
like May through, it wasn't like one weekend like you. I spent, you know, May through, you know, August uh, watching videos. And I would like to say that was all educational time, but it was also me overthinking everything. What's the best name? What should I write the about section? What should my trailer be? How, what are the, should the videos look like? And, it, you know, no doubt for three months, I re-recorded and re-edited all of these things just so, well, one, because I, I do that. I overthink everything. But literally all this stuff for videos that if I, if you go back and you look at my first videos compared to now, nobody has seen them. Like literally nobody has seen these videos. And so if I can tell you anything is, do not obsess over how the first videos look. Um, the other reason is, I mean, like if I, I haven't gone back, but if I look back at some of my first videos, there's probably some that have, you know, 54 views. Mm. And then last year I have a, a Instagram story tutorial that has 140,000 views. So like, that's the one that I should have obsessed over, <laughs> not the yeah. one that was going to get, you know, 54 views. So, um, the other thing I think is really important to know before you start is to set your expectations. YouTube is the long game. It is a, it is a slow, slow moving vehicle. So it took me um, six months to get 100 subscribers. And then a month later, I had 1,000. Uh, a year later, I had 10,000. And now I'm at almost 50,000. So it, it, it starts off super slow. And then it will take off at the right time. And then the last piece to know, um, consistency is important, so post every week. Uh, but the last piece to know is that YouTube is a search engine. It's the number two search engine in the world after Google. Mm. And obviously it's owned by Google as well. And so the key is to create videos that will actually, that people are already looking for. So almost every video on YouTube uh, that I have put out, I've, I already know people are looking for it and it's underserved. So if I wanted to do, uh, like I, I put out a video um, this week that was um, uh, how to, which one was it? Oh, I, I do them in batches. So sometimes it gets confusing, but it was essentially uh, how to set up a Facebook business page 2020 because people were looking for the latest version of you know, how to set up a Facebook business page. And I already knew they were looking for that. And so I released it. So that's the other key. It's YouTube is not a platform to make the videos you want. If you want them to be seen, you have to make the videos that people are already uh, looking for. And then as you go, like now, every fourth video, sometimes I'll just make one that I think will be helpful that people aren't necessarily searching for. That's so smart. And, um, and yeah, sorry, no, I didn't mean to like visually interject there, but when you were like, no, uh, when you were in the beginning, when you were like, go back to the beginning, this is something I always recommend people do because there's so many times that like, we're like, Oh, you know, I can't start a podcast. I don't have my Yeti mic and I don't have all this stuff. <laughs> and it's like, I totally recommend if you're listening to this right now, go and listen to the first episodes of this podcast. It is like, I'm like robotic and nervous and I bumble <laughs> in them. And even my team, they were like, Ella, we get you. We get you're okay with things not being perfect. But like this, like you want to really, and I was like, yes, because otherwise I'm going to sit on it for like six months and want to be perfect and whatever. But one thing I did, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Manifestation Babe. She's got like an interesting brand. Um, it's, you know, this girl, Catherine Zinkina. So I was introduced to her and I went to her podcast and I literally went back to the beginning and like the first, she's had a podcast for like three <laughs> or four years. I went back to the very beginning because I'm like, oh, I'm curious to see where this started for whatever reason. I, it wasn't strategic. I was just like, I want to start at the beginning. So yeah. I did. And I heard her doing podcasts that sounded decent with like headphones on when she was doing lives in her Facebook group. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, how smart. She's like making me want to join this group. And it's also like, the audio is not perfect, but it's fine. Yeah. Like I can hear it and absorb it and listen to it. Like I'm not that if I'm digging what she's saying, whatever, you know? And it, I mean, you listen now and it's a totally, it's a completely different production, right? As it should be if you had something going for four years. But it's, I think that's so, so key is like whoever you admire on YouTube, on Instagram, on, um, on a podcast, whatever, go and look at where they started. Because I guarantee <laughs> you'll be like, well, I can do that. <laughs> like that's doable. That's right. Impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for anyone thinking like, well, I don't have the equipment or anything yeah, yeah. like that. You know, when I started, uh, you know, I filmed in my living room facing a window. I did not own a light. And I, you know, I live in Seattle where it's very overcast. And so we get a lot of like nice, even light most of the time. But if all of a sudden it was a sunny day, 
I had to cancel my filming because it was too bright. And in the winter time here, it's, you know, because of where we are in the world, it gets light in the winter at about, you know, I, I want to say daylight starts at about 8 a.m. and it ends at about 4.15. Like it's a short day. Mm. And so there were, you know, there were times where I would arrange with my wife to have the, you know, the kids out of the house so I could film or whatever. And then the sun would come out and she'd come home and be like, did you, the kids are exhausting. Did you get your videos done at least? And I'm like, no, sorry. Um, but, you know, ultimately I used the window and I used my phone and I had a, a $29 wired lavalier mic that I got on Amazon. And that was it. And I do recommend if you're going to buy something for video, because you already have an awesome camera, if you have a smartphone from the last four or five years, totally. get, a, get, a, get a microphone. And if you don't have that, you can even plug in the headset that came, you know, with your phone. And you can make stuff that it may not be as polished as you want it, but it can get you 80 to 90% of the way there. Totally. Yeah, yeah. We're just starting. Like I got this thing. I'll show you. If you're listening on the podcast, I will link it below. It looks like, I'll show you this. So basically it's got <laughs> like a clip on it and you can see the difference. Like I use it as like lighting, even just on my desk here. Let's see if I can get yeah. that back. There we go. Um, so if you're listening on the podcast, it basically looks like a very large clip with three arms that come out. Two of the arms are longer in their lights and the one in the middle is what holds your phone but I even just use it as lights. And this was like $25 on Amazon. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, that was so smart. I should have bought this ages ago. Yeah. You know, cause you can do videos on it. You can use it as lighting for your computer, whatever. But it doesn't have to be super fancy. It doesn't have to be crazy expensive. Um, okay, okay. So I really like what you said around YouTube about, you know, making sure you're, you're making videos that people are searching for. Cause it, it really is a search engine. Like that's how I use it, right? Right. So, is there, do you have any recommendations of how, how to find what people are mostly searching for? Like, are there any tools where you can look up like, you know, the most searched or whatever? Yeah, there's a, there's a few different ones out there that um, all do a good job. And the one that I work with and love is called TubeBuddy. And it's essentially a Google Chrome plugin that sits on top of your YouTube channel. And if uh, I, don't think this is in the free version, but you can essentially search for, uh, you know, any phrase that you think people might be searching for. And sometimes I have a video that I think is going to be great. And I search for it and I go, oh, nobody's looking for this. <laughs> or they're not looking for how to set up a Facebook page, but they are looking for a Facebook page tutorial uh, right. or, you know, different things like that. And then the other thing is sometimes you have something that people are looking for, but there's already a million videos out there. And so oh. what TubeBuddy will do is it will give you a score on how well, this video will likely perform for your channel if you put it out. And not only does it have the sort of the overall score, but it'll give you a weighted score. So I've learned that if I make any video with Instagram, Instagram stories, um, Facebook business page, you know, there's certain phrases that I have this algorithm juice, I guess we'll call it. Um, and so it'll kind of point me in that direction. And so that's really helpful as well. And with YouTube, would you take it up like, you know, with Instagram, right? I know it's it, like one thing that I teach is it's incredibly beneficial to show different areas of your life. So, it, you know, if you're posting four days a week on Instagram, don't you dare post, four, oh, I can't talk. Don't you dare post four days a week about your business. That's way too much. Like I want to see other areas. So with YouTube, I mean, I guess what I see in the pages that I go to is it's very consistent on one topic. Do you recommend switching it up at all? Like putting some stuff on there, like, you know, maybe some goofy personal stuff, whatever. And then also, but mainly sticking to your niche, your genre, whatever. Or do you like just stick to what people are there to, to learn, basically? So what's your favorite kind of music, Ella? My favorite kind of music. <laughs> I have like the crappiest, like poppiest taste in music. That's all right. It's like, yeah. So I would say like, like Pop top music? 40. Okay. Top 40, but yeah, totally. And so what's your second favorite kind of music? My second favorite uh, would probably be, would probably be like 2000s R&B. Okay. So, well, those don't work well for my example, but. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what, like what I'm getting country. at is, you know, I, like I love uh, house music. I love hip hop. I love country music. I like a lot of different kinds of music, okay. but I would never listen to a country slash house techno radio station. 
because oh. when I want to hear house, I want to hear house. And YouTube is the same way. You, you do have a channel and that's what people are tuning in for. Now, that being said, if you are building a, a personal brand in the way that you might on Instagram where you said like you have your five different aspects of your life that you rotate mm. or your four or five, you, you know, you're doing a vlog, a lifestyle vlog, something like that, then you might do that. So let's say you're a, a, a beauty vlogger. So then you might do uh, a makeup, uh, a hair, mm. a fashion, a, you know, whatever else. Um, but they all kind of fit under the same thing. The other thing to factor in though is for me, like even though I have a good subscriber account, the majority of my views, 88, 90% of my views come from people who have not subscribed. They're looking to solve a certain problem. So okay. um, for them, it doesn't matter what other videos are on my channel because they're coming in and they're watching it and they're leaving. They're not like, yeah. well, that's weird. Last week he put out a video about, you know, <laughs> whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, but when it does matter is if somebody watches your video and they like it, and then they go check out your channel and they see all this different crazy stuff like, and here's a video of my kids and here's a video of a convention I went to and here's right. a video from my last triathlon. They're not going to subscribe because it's not, it's too many different topics. That, that totally makes sense. Cause I know the ones I subscribe to are like very niched and very specific to like whatever the reason I subscribe to them is. Right. right. Like, yeah. yeah. As opposed yeah. to Instagram, I might find you on Instagram and go, oh, wow, she's an you know, Instagram strategist. That's awesome. Oh, and she likes horses. Yeah. Cool. Bonus. Um, you know, that's uh, that sort of where I think Instagram is a, is a little bit different is people are trying to connect with people that they like and YouTube, they're just mm -hmm. trying to solve a problem in those scenarios. I think that's, that's totally it. That's a really good way to put it. Um, and yeah, I, I like I like, okay, so I like the fact that we've identified some of the differences there, because to be honest, YouTube has always been a bit of a question mark for me, where I'm like, <laughs> oh, uh, like I watch it, I have no clue how to like grow on this thing. Let's, let's finish up with, so let's say you have a client that comes on, and it's obvious that they're the best use of their time right now in terms of social would be Facebook. What would you recommend the things they start, like for first of all, I'm actually, first question, I'm super curious, pages or groups? Um, I mean, it depends. It, it, you know, it's going to depend on a lot of things. Groups are getting incredible reach right now. I know. And they are probably, it's probably not going to go away because one of the big steps that Facebook is taking, and this affects Instagram too, is they're really focusing on privacy and that, you know, ephemeral disappearing content, Instagram mm -hmm. stories, uh, you know, uh, private messages, you know, all of that. Because after the whole, you know, data scare where all of a sudden, you know, people's data was leaked and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. People are leaning toward privacy. And if people are not comfortable on Facebook, then Facebook doesn't exist. So they are oh. all in on that. And so groups, even though we have reached a crazy level of saturation with groups, it's still where people like to spend their time. Um, one of the things that they've started rolling out, and I think we're all supposed to get it this year, is a revised uh, layout on desktop for oh. Facebook and there's going to be a groups feed where you just browse posts from your groups. Cool. I didn't even and, know about this. Well, and selfishly the reason they're doing it is because right now there are no ads in groups. So if oh. you spend all your time going from group to group and just browsing in the groups, they're not making any money off of you. Um, and uh, other than selling your data, but you know, if you have a feed, <laughs> then just like the regular feed, every third post, can be a can be an ad so i think that's right. why they're doing it but i think groups are just they're going to continue um they they take work to get going and then if you have a good community they can be really great facebook business pages i'm i don't know where they're going to go but i for a lot of people i'm just saying look if you've got money it's an incredible way to have a presence and mm. one of the things that i'm doing this year and i'm pretty transparent about what i do in my business is i want to grow my facebook business page there's a couple thousand people on there but it's kind of been a secondary thing i want to get 50 to 100 recommendations and i'm going to spend some money to put behind my content and really put effort into my content because i want a page that has 50,000 people on there or 100,000 people um, i think that it's good if, if if you're consistent on facebook you do get better reach and I think that for somebody like me, it's good for social proof. Like, oh, wow, he's got 50,000 followers. You know, that, that resonates with people. So that's part of my strategy. But for a lot of businesses, I love the idea of 
fill it out, make sure it's current, maybe pin a note to the top that says, hey, I'm not as active on here, but I would love to connect on Instagram, but feel free to send me a private message anytime you want. And then just build up your recommendations, you know, see if you can get a new recommendation from somebody every week. That's so smart. Okay, so if you don't mind me asking, in terms of your goals for this year with your Facebook page, like, do you have a specific strategy? Like, it, are, do you run ads? Is that part of your service? Um, I, I don't do ads for people. I consult people on ads. Um, in okay. my membership, we have a, a masterclass. My membership has a new masterclass every month. And uh, we just uh, had one a couple months ago. It was basically how to buy Facebook ads without losing all your money or your mind. And, uh, you know, but the Facebook ads platform is not simple. No, and, not at all. You know, and there are a lot of people out there, you know, uh, there's a lot of rhetoric out there about, you know, boosting is always a waste of money. And I can show you a bunch of case studies where boosting was not a waste of money. But ultimately, you know, boosting is the simple version. And if, if you are comfortable with that and you can get your stuff in front of more people and you know getting in front of more people will make you money, that's fine. And then when you can afford somebody to, you know, to hire somebody to run your ads, great. Or when you have the time to learn to, you know, run Facebook ads yourself, but they're complex. They need to be monitored. Um, I run ads around if I'm launching a course or a membership, but I don't run them regularly. My strategy for this year though, is I'm going to go back to, I, my plan right now is I'm going to come up with one, what I think is one really good post a week. And then I'm going to put money behind it just as a boost. Interesting. Oh, I'll be so curious to see how this goes. Are you going to be sharing it with your membership and kind of tracking it? Yeah, as we go. And like yeah. I said, I haven't started it yet. Um, and then I also, I do a live on my page every week. So that, that'll be, so I guess it'll be two posts a week. But, um, yeah. but I, I really want to, you know, I, I love creating content is my favorite part of all of this. Aww. And, you know, I ran some Facebook ads last summer and I put on a suit and I went out in a kayak in the middle of the lake and film these Facebook ads because I was trying to stand out, right? You don't see people in, in dress suits in, in kayaks very often. And so I like to do fun stuff like that. And, you know, I, I mentioned earlier about how browsing Twitter is for a lot of people is about as effective as browsing at the grocery store. You might get some business, but probably not. Yeah. So, you know, I thought, oh, I should make that a post. And then I'm like, well, I got to go to the grocery store and, you know, take some pictures. Like, I, I want to level it up. I don't want to just throw the first idea I have every time. And if you're thinking about one great post a week, that's only 50 posts a year. And so that's where, but, but the quality is everything. And so that's where I really want to go this year as I grow my page. That's my strategy basically is better content, duh. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, putting some money behind it. Yeah. Okay. So, We'll wrap up here because I want to be respectful of your time and I know we're, we're coming up to an hour here, but I'm just super curious about this. What is your, do you have a specific content creation strategy or do you let it kind of just come, does, do things just pop into your head? Like, oh, I should go to the grocery store. How do you go about that? <laughs> um, so I'm always, I, I've never been short on ideas. Mm. And my biggest weakness as a business owner is I have way more ideas than I have time. Mm. And so I have to decide, you know, what's important. And uh, sometimes I lose a lot of time because if I don't have an immediate deadline, like the next day, I just jump into whatever sounds the most fun, um, you know, like kayaking in a suit. And it may not be the best thing for my business at that time. So that's, that's a definite weakness for me. But I, I have ideas quite a bit. I have a, um, a, a brainstorming strategy that I developed that I called uh, Content Jeopardy. Oh. And uh, I think there's a video about it on YouTube, but it's essentially, uh, it's a grid that you set up and you have your topics across the top and then you have content types on the side. So if you were, if you were just an Instagram um, user, then on the top, you might have, you know, my, you know, uh, spring sale and Valentine's day and uh, cold weather and, you know, whatever, or warm weather for anybody's in the, in the Southern hemisphere, you know, whatever the is coming up. And then along the side, you would have, um, you know, uh, image, video, live video, um, IGTV video, basically different content types. And mm. the reason it's so effective is if I say to you, like if a boss comes to somebody and they say, come to the meeting tomorrow with one amazing idea, you kind of go, oh gosh, that's too much pressure. <laughs> but if they say, come mm. to the meeting tomorrow, bring 10 ideas and, you know, or five ideas or, you know, whatever, and we'll see how they go. It's mm. less pressure. And so our brain works better. And by limiting our, limiting our options, you know, part of the reason Twitter took off and there was so much creativity there is because there was a limit. And so yeah. instead of going, okay, what could I post about Valentine's Day? You go, okay, 
what's a picture I could post about Valentine's Day? What's a live video I could do about Valentine's Day? What's something local I could do about Valentine's Day? Mm. What's, a, you know, what's an IGTV video I could do about Valentine's Day? And you just fill the thing up, good or bad. And when you're done, you got all these ideas and odds are that a few of them are amazing and you may throw the rest away. I love that strategy. That's I don't know really how cool. I don't know how that is. I've never I've never talked about it without a visual, so I don't know how that sounds to somebody listening. But no, that's what I think. I mean, you didn't have any visuals when you were explaining it to me, right? And I think that totally made sense to me. And okay. I think that's really cool. I like I like thinking about it. Like, okay, like what would be a video? What would be a post? What would be a picture? Yeah. How would I describe this without a picture? And just kind of looking at the dimensions of it, I can definitely get super blocked on content creation. Like I know what I want to convey, but I don't really know what image is going to go with it. I don't really know the perfect words for it or whatever. So what I just started doing is I was like, you know what? I got to write like I talk because no one ever gets talkers block. So if I'm ever like, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I'm like, how do you talk? Like how, I would, I, how would I actually speak about this? So I was explaining it to you, right? Yeah. I think I'm way more auditory. Like I'm very not visual. Like I don't learn by seeing things. I learn by hearing them. So I think for me too, having that like audio component is really helpful, but some people are incredibly visual, right? I love that. I, nobody ever gets talker's block. Actually, as somebody who grew up as an introvert, some of us do, but you know, <laughs> for people that say, I love to talk and I don't know why to, how to write. It's like, yeah, well, if, then just start writing down, you know, what you're saying. I think that's great. But there really is something to, you know, limiting your options. It mm. makes it much easier to come up with ideas. The other thing I'll say too is, you know, rarely does a great post come out of pressure and guilt. Oh, I haven't posted in three days. I got to throw something up. And I've had it happen. There's been a couple times over the years where I've threw something up for myself or a client and it takes yeah. off and I'm like, well, wow, look at that. That's awesome. But it's not, it's the same way that when on talk shows, when they interview a celebrity, they already know all the questions they're going to ask and they already know all the answers because they want to have the best, you know, possible thing. They could always yeah. improvise, but it's probably not going to come out as well most of the time. I love that you mentioned that totally. The best posts never come out of guilt or pressure. Yeah. It's like, you want to see a good person do bad things, rush them. Like, <laughs> it's just what it is. Okay, cool. Let's wrap up here. Uh, we'll wrap up with a few rapid fire questions if you're cool okay. with it. What is your favorite thing that you bought recently for under $100? My favorite thing I bought recently for under $100 um, I got something called, it's sitting on my uh, desk here and I realize people on the podcast can't see, but it's called a stream deck. And it's basically oh. a, uh, a, an additional set of buttons, kind of like a keyboard, but you can program them to be whatever you want. And so oh. I basically turned it into an, a video editing pad. And so I can cut and split and delete and, you know, zoom in and out with these buttons instead of having to remember keyboard shortcuts. Command B everything yeah. and all and that. And you can stuff. use them for anything. You could have it to open a certain app. You can, you know, you can use them in other things, but I use it primarily for editing audio and video. Very cool. Can you send me the link to that so I can put yeah. it in the show notes? Okay, yeah. cool. Um, what is the, what is the book that you gift the most that you would give to people the most? Uh, Building a Story Brand Ooh, by Donald Miller. Love that one. It yeah. is, when I read it, it was like, it was everything that I had been trying to explain to clients for years, and I was doing a terrible job at it. <laughs> and I just went, "Oh, Donald Miller, thank you so much." And and so now, when I have these conversations about you know uh, storytelling and simplicity and you know all of that, it's so much easier. He basically gave me the script that I've been looking for. You know, the 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 thoughts were in my head, but I didn't know how to say it in a way that people understood. Nice. Okay. If you and last one, if you could have dinner with anybody real or alive, real or alive, dead or alive, real or fictional, who would it be? So this is one of those scenarios where you gave too many options and I'm freezing up. <laughs> okay, we can do top three, top three. <laughs> no, if I could, um, if I could have uh, uh, dinner with anybody, I would probably, and this, this is somebody that, you know, if you take the world's population or even most of your uh, audience, probably haven't heard of. Um, but there's a guy named Stu McLaren. And oh, yeah. I took a course from him earlier this year. And his specialty is membership sites. Mm. And I took his course. And then I went to his conference in Toronto. And I follow him on Instagram. And it's just he is this he is the model of 
what I want to be. He is, you know, he's got a family, he's got work-life balance. He's full of positivity. He's so encouraging. He is, you know, wildly successful and, you know, unapologetic for it has a charity that builds schools in Africa and, and funnels hundreds of thousands of dollars into that. Like he's just, I think, you know, spending an hour with him and hoping we could become best friends would be awesome. <laughs> I love it. We'll tag Stu McLaren in the notes. I know of Stu because of his work in memberships. Yes. Um, you, you probably know more about him because you were a part of the group and everything, but I'm just such a fan of what he promotes and how, and how he does his work. And I didn't even know he did all that charity work. That's amazing. Yeah. And he's just, he's just a genuine, awesome person. Okay. Well, I, thank you so much for being here. This has been incredible. Um, if you guys really like what Jerry had to say, let me know because who knows, maybe he'd be open to doing a follow-up or we could dive into one platform that he's really good at or something like that. So let me know. And last but not least, obviously, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on YouTube. Just search for 5-Minute Social Media. If you want to go to 5minutesocialmedia.com, uh, that is my website. And if you want to go to 5minutesocialmedia.com slash Ella, uh, you Ooh. can grab uh, what is my most popular resource right now, which is six ways to cut your social media workload in half. And uh, we talked about a couple of them today, but it's, you know, for people that are overwhelmed and you're running a business and trying to do the social media for it all at the same time, mm -hmm. it's too much. There's only so many hours in the day. And so it's uh, six things that I've come up with and, and have implemented over and over again with different people that, you know, even a couple of them can cut your social media workload in half, but it's all about doing the things that make a difference and really doubling down on those. So that's at five minutes, socialmedia.com five is spelled out F I V E slash Ella in honor of our lovely host. <laughs> that's so awesome of you. Cool. That's all in the show notes, you guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. This has been awesome. And yeah. I'll see you guys later. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up some extra knowledge on Instagram by searching at ella.j.may. If you absolutely love what you heard today, be sure to subscribe and share your thoughts with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the good stuff coming. Or visit my website at ellajmay.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and kill it on Instagram.